Good morning, church. How we doing? What a gorgeous day God's given us. Amen. Even better to be in the house, His house this morning, right? Oh, I needed to hear a lot more than that. Yeah, y'all could get with it. You know, I, I heard of a guy who passed away, you know, went to went to heaven, was greeted by you know Saint Peter. Uh, he brought him in, took him to this big building, and they're walking down this hall. As they're walking down this hall, there's all these clocks on the wall. I don't know. And, and some of the clocks are moving real fast. Some of them are, are moving uh, slower. There's all different speeds, all, all different kinds. And, and, and the guy says, uh, Peter, what, what are all these clocks about? He said, well, each and every one of these clocks represent a person. And, and what you're seeing, the dial, how, how fast it moves, is how much they sin. And they went by one clock, and they, it, this clock was just barely moving at all. And, and he said, well, who's, whose clock is this? It, well, that's, that's Billy Graham's clock right there. And then there was another one that was just barely creeping at all. That, that, that's Mother Teresa's clock right there. Well, the guy got you know, curious. He's like, well, uh, what? you know, where, where's my clock? And, and Peter's, you know, without skipping a beat, just said, well, we keep yours in uh, the office, and we use it as a fan. Now, all of you are thinking about your clock in heaven, right? You know, Peter, uh, we, don't, we don't have these jokes uh, about heaven without Peter, right? Uh, they, they just don't do, you know, they just don't do justice if it was uh, uh, Matthew or anything like it. It's got to be Peter that we, that we use in those jokes because he was this, you know, this, this uh, larger-than-live character. He was loud. Uh, God used him in so many ways. God used him in ways uh, to teach us what not to do, amen, but he also used him in ways to teach us what to do. Uh, so God used uh, Peter in, in a great way. As we think about Peter, you know, th- uh, being the first uh, person filled with the Holy Spirit to preach. And, and 3,000 people come to know Christ the, that, that day. We think about Peter uh, stepping out of the boat and walking on water and, uh, and then sinking because he takes his eyes off Jesus. We think, we think about Peter and all the things that Peter did and he was, he was just a, this awesome disciple. But then we start thinking about the other disciples. We think uh, about, like, uh, I think of James and John, you know, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, you know, do you know what their nickname was? The sons of thunder. I love that, all right? You know, at one point it said that, 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 that they just asked God, that God just, just, just bring down thunder and lightning and just, just kill our enemies. Ooh. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the kind of, you know, the, the things that we see about these disciples. And yet then we see that our God is just awesome. Because we're, we're not, so, there's not too many Peters. There's not too many James's John. There's not too many sons of thunder. But, uh, but, but we've got to have those people, right? But there's also God created each and every one of you. He created you unique and special to fulfill a purpose. He gave you gifts and talents and uh, abilities that, that only you have. And it's when we use these gifts and abilities that, that God uses us to build up 
his kingdom. How awesome is that? As, as we close out, we're closing out our Hoosier One series today. As, as we close out, today we're going to focus not on one of the, the loud, boisterous um, disciples, but we're going to talk about Andrew. Andrew. You know, Andrew was one of the very first disciples. Uh, a couple of things about Andrew. Andrew, uh, Andrew was one of the disciples of John the Baptist. I mean, you think about that, and you think about what, what Andrew saw in his life and, and how he was seeking after God. He, he, he was seeking after God, and he heard about uh, John the Baptist calling people to, to repentance out in the wilderness. And he goes to John, and he hears the message, and, and, and he's seeking after God. So not only does he seek after and he, and he take that message, but he starts to follow John the Baptist. And then John the Baptist is, is out and he's baptizing and, and people are coming and repenting of their sins. And then one day, one day, Jesus of Nazareth comes walking up to John. And John says, well, I'm not, I'm not even worthy to t- untie your or tie your sandals. And yet he baptizes Jesus. And it was at that moment when, when Andrew and, 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 and another disciple hear John say this about Jesus, that they leave John the Baptist and they start following after Jesus. You know, that, that tells us a couple things about, about Andrew. First of all, we see that he's a smart guy. We see that, that, that John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to even tie this guy's sandals. So, so he leave, they, they leave John and they follow this Jesus. They want to they get where this guy uh, and know this guy who, who, who John is unworthy to tie his sandals. The second thing we see that, is that uh, Andrew was a seeker. He was seeking daily to get closer to God, to know Him in all of His ways. He was longing to know God in that special way. But in the New Testament, as, as we look at Andrew, you know, there's not a whole lot of things written about Andrew. He, wa- he wasn't this great preacher. He didn't stand up and bring great crowds to Jesus. But you know what we see from, from Andrew? We see in Andrew's life is the ability to make personal relationships. The ability to do the one-on-one. You know, uh, you might not ever be a great evangelist. You might not be a great preacher. You might not be able to stand in front of hundreds, thousands of people and declare the message. You might not have a great ability to communicate the gospel uh, in front of crowds and things like that, but, but has not equipped all of us to do that. Amen? God has you with the abilities that he has given to you specifically to reach people. To reach people. We all have been given this call to reach people, to bring them to Jesus Christ. Amen? Andrew, we see this in Andrew. You know who he brought first to know Jesus? His brothers. His brother was Peter. His brother is Peter. And we're going we're gonna to get to this uh, in John chapter 1 here in just a moment. Uh, brother he comes and he finds his brother and says hey we, I, I, I need to share with you about this Jesus found you know if, if Jesus Christ is truly 
our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is, is truly who believe in, then you owe him everything, amen? We owe him anything. If, if he is uh, who you believe to be your creator, if he is the one who, who came and, and died for your sins, you don't have to worry about a punishment or session of God for eternity, but, but you have the hope in Jesus and of a, a everlasting life with God. Then you have everything, amen? All the sins that, that, that we have ever uh, done, all the things that, uh, that, that we are ashamed of, that he has taken away, he has cleansed us from that. When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you put your faith and trust in him, not only did, did he, t- t- he take all those things away, but he also changed you, Right? You're not the same person that you used to be. Uh, I had a preacher friend tell me a story of about a girl who was in drugs. This was loud, and, and they shared with her gospel of Jesus Christ. She was saved. But you know how we know that she was saved? She went and she checked herself into a rehab. She eating herself clean because she knew that she needed to live her life for Jesus. He changed her. Not the same as I used to be. I'm different. I owe my life Christ. And I'm not ashamed to let the world know about it. But here today, I want to ask you a question. If the Lord is the Lord of life, if He is King, if He is your Savior, He runs over your life. Does everybody in your world know that He's your best friend? Do the decisions that you make daily in your life, do they reflect who your best friend is? Do the decisions in the way that you live your life and the way that you treat others, the way that you, uh, you, you, you talk about others, the way that you love others, does it reflect the love of Christ? does it? Do all the people in your life know who your best friend is? Do they know that you have given your life to Jesus Christ? One of Andrew's first acts after finding Jesus was to take Jesus and introduce his brother to Jesus. Like I said earlier, you might not be one that God will use to preach the world to the world. He might not be the one that you that stands up in front of hundreds or thousands or even millions to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. But have you ever thought about this? That you might be the one that God uses to reach the one that will. You be the one that reaches a Billy Graham, that reaches somebody, uh, a Greg Laurie, somebody who who just has that gift to, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And when they do, people get saved. You might be the one that God has called to interact and lead that person to Christ. What amazing legacy of faith we each have. Satan 
on the other hand, has done an incredible job of silencing the saints. Silencing the saints. You know, in, in the church, the big church nowadays, uh, it, it, it's, it's more about a different kind of personal relationship. It, 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 it's, it's my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, 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 and I want to, to protect my relationship with Jesus Christ. My, and my relationship with Christ is, is, is my relationship with Christ. And, and I, I, I better not share it with other people because they, they might mess up my relationship with Jesus Christ. There's an attitude of there that, there that 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 we have to keep our relationship quiet. When I tell you that the early church, a personal relationship and the attitude of personal relationships was totally different. The attitude of the early church, as we see in, in, through Andrew, is that I have come to know the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings. I have come to know this man named Jesus. And because I've come to know him, my life has totally changed. And because my life has totally changed, I have got that everybody I know know about this Jesus. I have got to take uh, my, what this relationship that I now have with Jesus Christ to my brother. I have to take him to my sister. I have to take him to my friends. I've got to take him to my neighbors. I've got to take him to my work associates. I've got to let them know about this Jesus that changed my life. There's a desperation and a love that comes from that. God so loved us that he sent his only son to, to die for us and sh to share that, share his love with us. We, as being Christians, have been changed as being disciples. We have got to share that love with others. John chapter 1, as we turn there. John chapter 1, the first... Uh, Chapter, looking at verse down to verse 35. Jesus is calling his first disciples here. He says, the next day, again, John was standing with his two disciples, Andrew and Philip. And he looks at Jesus as he's walking and he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples who heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus, turning, saw them following him and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and, and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour, one of the two who heard John speak and, and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother 
his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Father, we just come before you right now and just pray that uh, just through this small portion of Scripture today, Lord, that you would speak directly to our hearts. Father, I pray that if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, has never come to follow you or believe in you, who has never known what you can do, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself today. And Father, I pray for the church as we hear these words, Lord, that you would... um, Convict us where we need convicting to share your word as we need to share, as you've called us to share. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at, at this passage and we see how, how God is, is showing us how to relate to your one. Uh, in verse 38, Jesus asked, uh, asked these two disciples that are now following him, uh, what, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? And, and here is, it, Jesus is teaching us and how to start a dialogue with other people uh, to, to, to bring forth a, a faith conversation. Uh, how many people do you see uh, each day and you greet them? What, what, what do you say when you see somebody in the morning or you're going into uh, to Walmart or, or, or wherever? You, you see somebody and you say what? How are you doing? Hey, how are you? You doing okay? Good to see you. And, and all the time, all those people say what back to you? It's none of your business. I, 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 <laughs> Does anybody ever get that? There's, there's always that one, right? There, there'll be one. So, so I'll say, not, I, I can't always absolute. So, uh, you know, if you, you greet somebody, there's going to be somebody that, that'll be rude, right? But the majority, almost everybody, when you say, hey, how are you doing? Or, hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? All those things, somebody's going to come back with you with, with a, a kind word, and, 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 and I, I, we're good. We're doing good. They may be lying. Okay, but they're going to say, we're good. How are you? Yeah, we're great. Yeah, doing great. It's a beautiful day. You know, my world's crashing down all around me, but I'm good. Yeah, right? What Jesus is doing is he's starting a, a dialogue. He's starting a, a relationship with these guys. Uh, each and every one of us, we, we, we start relationships in this way. And we greet people. We love people. And as we move forward in a relationship with other people, you start to know more and more about them. You start to, you start to find out more about what, what's going on in their lives. Well, how's the family? Uh, well, we've got this going on, you know. And, and okay, well, hey, I, I, I'll pray for you on that. Uh, well, how's, uh, you know, how's your brother? How's your sister? How's your dog, all these things. When you know, when you get when you begin to make dialogue with people and, and make conversation with people, then you start investing in them and loving them. You show them that you care about them, right? And then through our relationships and through our coming to know people and asking questions and, and being genuine and wondering how they are and, and caring for those people, then you come to a place where you can go further. 
Then you come to a place where you, can, you, 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 have, you have the responsibility to know. Because if we are believers in Jesus Christ, then it is our mission to know everybody around us, what's their relationship with Christ? Because if we are who we say we are, if we are redeemed and chosen by God and loved by God, then we have this, this, this burden on our hearts that everybody that is around us needs to know this God loves us. Amen? And because we have this burden and this love for other people, as we begin to see them as Christ saw us, even yet while we were sinners, he died for us. Therefore, we have got to share our love with Christ with them. So, so how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah. Hey, can I ask you a question? It's a spiritual question. What, 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 what do you think about Jesus? Who, who's Jesus to you? What, do you? what do you know about Jesus? And then, you know, they'll answer however they're going to answer. But then sooner or later, they're going to come back and they're going to ask you, well, what do you think about Jesus? Well, that's what we saw in our text. The next thing that, we, that Jesus is asked, they ask him, where, where is he staying, right? And, and, and then there's this conversation that starts, well, they ask Jesus where he's staying, and Jesus says, Come and see. Come and see. Uh, Jesus begins to share with them where he is staying. And they stay the whole day and they talk to Jesus. They walk with Jesus. They're, they're hearing a testimony. And what happens with us in conversations with people around us when we get to that place where, uh, we, uh, where we're, we're, we're praying for them the whole time, but, but we have to do more than pray. We've been called to share. And so, so as I pray and I'm, I'm asking God to reveal to me, you know, how, uh, g- and give me courage in how to share when I get to that point, and then I, I ask them, you know, how, uh, let me ask you, where are you with Jesus? And, and you, they start sharing with you, and then they ask you, where are you with Jesus? Well, that's an open door to share your testimony, to share what God has done with you. To share, hey, this was where I was in life, and, and I, was, I was just doing all these things, and, and, and I came to find out that it was all on me. And, and everything, no matter what, what I was doing, every time I tried to please myself, I could never please myself enough. And then I heard the word of Jesus Christ and the, and, and the testimony that was given and the word of God. And God revealed himself to me and, and, and I knew that he was the king and I need to give my life to him. And therefore, I believe in Jesus Christ as the one and only true son of God. And after I did that, I changed I changed. My life is, I, I'm still not perfect. I still mess up, but, but I'm, I'm changed. I'm not the person I once was because Jesus is now the Lord of my life. And then it's an invitation. It's an invitation to say, come and see. Come and scum. Come and see. Let, let me take you to my church. 
my church that, is, that, that, that preaches the word of God, that teaches the word of God. But you know what? The, the very best place to take somebody is not just to a church service. A church service can be a little overwhelming and, and, and too much for somebody. But really the best place to take somebody is to a small group, is to a Sunday school class. Because then you can introduce them, the people that are investing in your life, who, who are seeking after God like Andrew was and you are, and they're coming to, and they're reading the scriptures of the world, word, and they're talking about their lives and, 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 and how, how God has changed them. And it, it's personal, and, and they get to meet and, 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 and come to know other people that are going through the same kind of struggles that they're going through. People need relationships and i'm not putting down our worship service but because worship is another thing that we are supposed to do worship together and and talk together and, and, and and do this but but there's not a lot of fellowshipping in the worship time right there's not a lot of getting closer to one another in the worship time that's why sunday school is the best place to do that a few weeks ago, we talked about Philip and his story and him, uh, the, the first person that he went to after meeting Jesus was Nathaniel. You guys remember the story of, of Philip uh, finding Jesus Christ, had the same thing happening to him as Andrew did. He knew he needed to take uh, and, and share this Jesus Christ with his friends. So he goes and finds Nathaniel. He, he says, hey, Nathaniel, we, we have found the Messiah. We found the Christ. It's, it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Right? And, and what did Nathaniel say then? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> right? And what did Philip say? Philip said, come and see. Come and see. <laughs> Where did Philip get that? He got that from Jesus. He learned from Jesus in that short amount of time. He learned from Jesus that, that you've got to be intentional. You've got to be uh, showing people the love of Christ, and you've got to be bringing them to Christ. We see these stories, and uh, we see how, how, how God is, is just interjecting and, 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 and using Andrew and Philip to, uh, to bring people to him. Listen, folks, I, I, I don't know when I, where I was or how young I was when I heard this, this phrase. And, yeah, and, and you guys can go back, and I'm sure you've all heard it as well. When was the first time that you ever heard, this world is heading to hell in a handbasket? Right? There, there is no more a time especially for us, that we see the desperation of the world that needs Jesus. And and it's true, just as it was back then, the world is heading to hell in a handbasket for every person that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So it is time it's past time that we get intentional 
in sharing our faith. Who is your one? Who is your one that God is going to put into your life today? Who is your one that God is going to put into your life tomorrow that, that needs to just know the love of Jesus Christ? I'm not saying that you've got to preach to somebody tomorrow. What I'm saying is you've got to share the love of Christ to them. And you can do that just by loving on them. But when it comes to a point in a relationship of, of loving them the way that God loves us, then you've got to share with them why you are the way that you are. What makes you different from other people? Why you are investing in them? Why you care about them? It's not just because you want to love on them and, and help them out, but it's because you want to see and know their eternity. Let me ask you, does anybody here know who Edward Kimball was? Edward Kimball. Does that name ring a bell to anybody? Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher in Detroit, Michigan in 1854 been a few years back. Edward Kimball uh, was introduced to a young man and, and started spending time with this young, troubled 17-year-old boy. And, and Edward Kimball, one day, he, he knew that uh, he needed to share the love of Jesus Christ with this young man. So Edward Kimball goes to the shoe store where this young man is working. Edward Kimball was so nervous on the way going to see this young man that he missed the store completely. He had to come back and find it again. But he goes in and, and he shares the love of Jesus Christ. He shares the good news of Jesus Christ with this young man, this 17-year-old young man who had this troubled past. And then in that shoe store that day, that young man said, you know what? You were right. And God's Spirit spoke to his heart, and he became a believer in Jesus Christ that day in the shoe store. How awesome. Do you know who that kid was that he shared Christ with? See, a little guy you might remember called D.L. Moody. Some of you older guys can remember that he was a great evangelist. You know, it's estimated that D.L. Moody spoke to 100 million people. 100 million people. He became the founder of the Moody Bible Institute and, of course, the Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois. But the story doesn't end there. You know what? The, as, as you continue to, to research the story of, uh, of, of this man, uh, you look and you see that, that Moody, he was responsible for, for leading uh, F.M. Meyer, a London pastor, to know Christ. Meyer was responsible for... Uh, for, for um, uh, Joe Wilbur Ch uh, Chapman. Chapman is the one who influenced, you might remember this name, Billy Sunday. 
another great evangelist. Billy Sunday was the one who introduced Mordecai Ham to Jesus Christ. Mordecai Ham became a, a country preacher and, and was going out back roads in North Carolina where a young man that came to listen to, to, to him preach the word of God. You might have heard of this name as well. It was Billy Graham that came to know Jesus Christ from him, from Mordecai Ham, who goes back to all these men. What a legacy of faith. All these men, you can just think about how many people just Billy Graham has got to preach to and share the gospel to. Millions and millions and millions of people. Millions and millions and millions of people. And we can all go back and thank Edward Kimball, a Sunday school teacher in Detroit. Because he had the courage to step out and share the love of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, with a 17-year-old boy who was in trouble and heading to hell. Edward Kimball's legacy of faith is amazing. What's your legacy of faith? What does your legacy of faith look like? I ask you, friends, who's your one? Who's the one that God's going to place in front of you today that you're going to share the love of Jesus Christ with? Who's the one that he's going to place in front of you tomorrow that you're going to get to encourage and love on and show that the Lord Jesus Christ is your King of kings and Lord of lords? Who's the one that God's going to place in front of you? God has given us a purpose. God has given us a purpose, each and every one of us a purpose, and that purpose is this, to love Him with all of our hearts, our souls, and our minds, and to love others as He has loved us. This week, that's all I'm going to ask you to do. Spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time in the Word. Spend some time praying, lifting up His voice, glorifying Him. Spend some time this week, as wherever you go and whoever you meet, loving them as Christ first loved you. Will you do that? Father, we just come before you today and uh, thanking you for the opportunity to, to be in your house this morning, to hear about your love again, to, to see uh, the way that the, the early church interacted with you and, and how you, you gave each and every one of them unique and special gifts. Father, as we come before you and we, 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 we sing these songs before you this morning and we hear your word, Lord, we know also that you're doing the same thing for us. Lord, that when we call upon your name, that, that, that we are changed creatures. We are not the same, and it's because of what you have done in our lives. God, we give you praise, and we thank you for that. But Father, as I, I, I look at these uh, you know, ping-pong balls that we've had over weeks, uh, representing one person, every individual people uh, in our lives, 
God, there's such a hurting world out there, and it's such a messed up world out there. Father, help us as your church be your hands and feet to show them your love, to show them your generosity. As, as, as Michael talked earlier about grace upon grace, God, we just give you the glory for that. And that your blood that covers all of our sin is grace upon grace. We, we, we owe you our lives. We owe you everything. So, Father, I, I pray that you would just speak into our hearts today. Clearly, Lord, show us our purpose. Put those people in front of us, on our minds. Give us a burden for the people in our community to bring them to know you as we know you, God. Father, I, I do pray that if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, Lord, through, through your word, as they've seen your testimony and your, the, the things that you have done, God, Lord, that they would see and be convicted of their sins and know that they need to get right with you. Father, I pray that if there's somebody here that is lost in this congregation today, Lord, that today would be the day of salvation. Pray this in Jesus' name and through his blood. Amen. Let's stand and as, as Michael begins to sing, uh, we'll have this time of invitation. The altar is open.